When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Oh, that was that was oh, a bad start. All right, no. what's up? There we it go. Said it's funny. Trying, so we yeah. thought, it like, said we finishing. Thought. That was like the first words out of its mouth. Feels like hello, everybody. We're a little closer than normal. Yeah, I know it does feel hello. a bit closer. So we're gonna adjust, and I know we do this every time. And no matter how much we prepare, we seem to. Well, always... that's those are lies. It is because we weren't prepared. That but is the problem. But we still try. Like, all right, what's up, everybody? We are now live now. on Facebook. What's up? The little uh, inception there. All right, join us. All right, guys, All right. we're answering questions Let's live. Drop them in the comments below and we'll get to them. Welcome, Relationship Theory. Let's do it. All right, All right. <clears throat> I need to soak myself up. Wow. Get the she energy going. She just battered her toe, by the way, like right before we started. So. <laughs> I did batter yeah. my toe. Um, all right, guys, um, thank you for joining us today. I know it's Tuesday, but we try to keep the same time. This man's busy tomorrow. Um, what are we doing tomorrow? Do, I don't know. But do submit your questions. I don't even remember now what day this is supposed below. to be. And um, I'm trying to get to like the quick question. Um, okay, so we've been told not to ramble at the beginning, so here we go. Would you rather answer with us, guys? Drop in the comments. Would you rather never experience love or never experience passion? Whoa. Well, that's a good one. Wow. You know, my honest answer is I would never, I would rather never experience I don't know love. if I could. Do you think that we could be in love without having the passion yes. in the first place? Yes. I could love you, but I don't know if I'd be in love with you. What? Like the passion to me, that's what being in love is. Yeah, but I think this is like. Not passion for each other, but passion for something. That's why oh, I'm going to read that. Because love this covers... relationship theory, homie. Yeah, but that's why it's a would you it's, rather. It's going to be about the relationship, right? Come on, people. No? I, that's not how I read it. I think it's, it's a more interesting thing. Because like, that's so nuanced between passion for each other and love for each other. Not that I don't think there's a difference. There is. All right, so let's say But that's a far more other. nuanced. <coughs> um, oof. To be passionate for each other, but not in love? No, then I would rather love than passion. God, that sounds terrible. Even to say it, like I, I could not finish that sentence. But we to have... You can't even give an answer. In fact, no, I'm giving the... my answer. I would, I would rather love without passion. Like a best friend right, but I'm versus so... somebody... Like I read, I read passion to be physical, and I would not just want physical passion. Yeah, I guess I took Because that's like, like intensity. Each other. That's not enough. That's how I took it. I don't know what that means. Well, like I said, if if I had to choose... But define passion for your significant other. I'm on fire for you. When I see you in the room, my heart starts right, like but, throbbing hard. So then, throbbing hard, wow. Uh, I thought we were talking about something else here. Um, but so tell me though, what's the difference between that and love? Mm, I think you can absolutely have... The, the fire for someone and not be in love with them. 
Think of like I agree, first, but like so to me the fire is physical. To you, it's not. No, That's it's that like the butterflies and the like. Yeah. That to me sounds like love. Like passion to me, I will say. Like in fact, give me a synonym for me. The synonym for passion in this case mm-hmm. that you're asking me is mm-hmm. intensity. Thank God. So what's mine? Yeah. Well, give me a synonym so oh, I know I what you're know. thinking. Yeah. All right, then I win by default. There it is. <laughs> All right, let's get into the first question, guys. We're answering. Like All I see is I agree with Tom. Throbbing, laugh out loud. Yeah, that was actually pretty funny. Um, All right, we're getting to cool. the first question. Let's do it. All right, this is from Cody. I've come to a point in my relationship where the question, do I love her or am I in love with her, comes up. After two years in the relationship, I've not known there was a difference and thought that if I loved her enough, I would it would just turn into being in love. Or at least I thought I loved her more than I have anyone else and I have no reason not to be in love with her. My question is, do you believe there's a difference between loving someone and being in love? And if that's too broad, is loving someone so much that you want to make them the happiest ever, even if you feel like you are not sure of what makes you happy a good reason to propose fyi that is exactly what i did and now a year after proposing i still don't feel completely happy but know that she's an amazing person and is truly in love with me i don't want to just give up on the relationship altogether but i am at a crossroads in feelings because i don't know what being in love is this, can i just take a second to thank everybody who sends in amazing questions like this this is so raw vulnerable beautiful and amazing and i think the the kind of real shit that people go through this is incredible. I've actually got a bit more to the question. Oh my God. It's even more intimate. It's in chapters. Yeah. I've caused her a lot of pain already to the point where she gave the ring back Ooh. and said, when I know what I want, she'll be here. We still live together. And while we know it will be tough, we've decided to take a step back and just be boyfriend and girlfriend Ooh. and get back to our feelings when we are dating or that when we were dating. Any kind of perspective that you would have on this, I would be forever grateful for as I have talked with my parents and friends along with my with, her along sister. with her sister and everyone is more than p- supportive and trying their best to be unbiased but see it as a tough situation this is not a tough situation this is brutal but it's not hard to know what to do in my opinion and the very simple answer is immediately break up like i, I can't fathom being in a relationship where i was like you're amazing i love i love you so much you. like that 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 is literally my nightmare. As a kid, I had a recurring nightmare about this, which tells me that I, I think I was picking up on something in my parents' relationship who they've since divorced. Like, I really think that is the root of why, as a kid, at like 14, I had this recurring nightmare of being in a loveless marriage. I was 14. So I've only ever had two recurring nightmares. One, I'm in a barn and an owl is swooping down on me. And I become the owl as, as I get closer to me. And the, it's super weird. And then the other one is being in a loveless marriage. And, and I've had them. I love how those two are. I, look, I don't know why. Yeah. But those are my two recurring nightmares. If there's any nightmares. therapists out there, please let me know yeah. what an owl represents. So that, like, because that has haunted me for so long, under no circumstances would I ever be in a marriage that wasn't like, so I have a, a tattoo, which obviously you know this for you guys. It'd be very weird if you didn't know. And it, it's like the four things that matter to me, which is interesting because love and passion are there, which is, hmm. but for me, that's intensity. And so if I didn't have both that like deep love of like, I would die for this person and you like 
give me those butterflies and that like just crazy connection that I feel to you. That, and I think reciprocation is a huge part of love. So let's start with that. So like even by my own definition of love, they're not truly in love because it's, it's not equally reciprocated. Mm. <coughs> and then passion for me is that intensity. So that, that feeling that you were describing mm. of like, there's like magnetism, like you were just drawn. Yes, throbbing heart, I believe, was the, the exact quote. And that, like, that level of intensity is one of life's great joys. And because I really believe that that's out there for anybody that's willing to put in the work to find it and to cultivate it, because I did not feel that for you on day one, like, that's one of those things that you build and you find those flames and you obsess and, like, you do all the things to, like, really create that in your life. But when it's there, it is fucking magical. And so my mom gave me the greatest definition of love I have ever heard in my life. And it goes like this. And I wish this on everyone. And to settle for anything less, because I don't mind being alone, like put me in context. Um, I don't mind being alone. So like for me, that's not like some big scary thing. But my mom's definition of love goes like this. Love is when you feel something for somebody that is so intense raw, amazing, that you're convinced no one else in the world has ever felt like you feel. And that is exactly how I felt about you. In fact, when my mom said that, I'd never articulated it out loud, but I was like, all of a sudden I got romantic comedies, I understood like crazy love movies, Last of the Mohicans, all that, like, I got it. And I was thinking like, there's no way anyone else has ever felt like this because nothing would get done. Like you were the end all be all of like my attentions, my focus, my obsession. And that stage of love on an fMRI looks exactly like cocaine. Mm. So, and that's how I felt. So that's such a beautiful, and it's a phase, but it's such a beautiful phase that to not experience that. And then on the other side of that, which I think is actually something more beautiful, which is that really like long lasting, deep bond, but without the fade of intensity, because mm. I still feel that super magnetic draw to you, but it's very different. It's not the distracting cocaine-like thing. Right. It's, it's a deep pair bonding. And I think that sometimes, and it seems like he's also trying to get back to that first <coughs> feeling of when they first dated. But in the beginning, it didn't sound like it was back ever to like... when we were dating. Yes, so but in some, the beginning, was it... In at least from what he says, take a step back and just be boyfriend and girlfriend and get back to our feelings when we were dating. And I think that this is one thing that I was always paranoid about and that you really helped me through is that when you're first dating someone, like that first month or two maybe six months like it can be so exhilarating right you're finding out new things about them they're doing things that are surprising you don't expect and that can be so ex like just um you know all consuming and like you said you do a brain scan you can actually look at the two brains next to each other and it looks like they've done a hit of cocaine it's that effective of the brain and over time that starts to um diminish and i think for us, it was like we recognized that you can't sustain a relationship for 20, 30, 40 years in that same state. So what is that next chapter for us? How do we still keep the fire burning? But it's not ever going to feel like it was when we were first dating. It's going to evolve. 
Um, and I think some people hold on to that so much because they don't think of the next phase and then how that can actually be more beautiful. We've really looked into like how our relationship now is better than it was, right? And on a different scale, being able to be 100% comfortable. Um, and I'm all in with you. And when we first start dating, like there's those protective mechanisms that say, you know, like, well, don't go too much. Don't give him your all because what if he breaks your heart? And so I was very aware of that. Um, but I think you have to look forward to the next phase. And so if all you're doing is looking back, like, God, that j- that's scary. I don't know where you, how you come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I read something slightly different into their comments, which um, I don't get the feeling like, yeah. Anyway, to me, this is one, one person is way in, like way into it. And yeah. they're, like, they're experiencing the sort of traditional definition of love. Although again, I will go back to, I don't think it's e- equally reciprocated. So there's like the deep sense of well being that comes from being in love with someone that is equally in love with you is so extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most beautiful things you can experience in life. The flip, like, but the line between that being one of the most beautiful things you can experience in life and it being a hell on earth is so slim. It's like this thin membrane between like, if the other person like this, where she's giving the ring back and, and she's, he's hurt her so much and all that, like, that's a fucking nightmare. So I'm just going to go back to, you want my perspective very clearly, like it heartbreaking. It didn't work. This is over. Move past, begin healing. It, you guys have a description of like having a, a wound, like a knife in a part of your body. You cannot begin to heal until you deal with the sucky part of pulling it out and then actually healing. So I think they have to do that. And I don't know how you can convince yourself to feel like you're in love with someone. Like if it's Bullshit, not you could absolutely do that. Convince yourself to, to be in love with somebody? Yes. Like for instance, if, how? <sighs> The part that you're talking about is if you don't have a real legitimate spark in the beginning, right. yes, you're like that, done. And that's but, the thing. If I don't have a spark for you, I could love you as a person and the way you treat me. And I think I'm reading into this also is that she actually makes him feel good, right? I think she makes him feel special. She makes him feel loved. And I think those feelings can be um, electrifying or um, what's the word? Addictive. And so letting go of somebody or saying hey we're breaking up i think can be difficult because you're actually holding on to the fact that someone loves you someone cares for you and i know you completely disagree and think that's crazy why would anyone stay in a relationship for those reasons but i actually get it someone makes you feel special and so how do you then say like okay well it's over like not how do you but to identify that it's not in love, it's just platonic. Like, God, that's that's hard to then make that step to get out of that relationship. Can I channel my inner Jocko Willink and then we'll move on? Yeah. You just do it. Like, it, it's, there's there's no way yeah. I think anyone should ever stay there. It That is a hell on earth that is so unique and painful. I just couldn't do it. I'm going to stop. Okay. But that's, All right. yeah. Next question. Um, I know I've got so much to talk about on that, but I'm hoping more questions come in that can help us touch on the other things. Um, all right, so Mia Levoy, is it unhealthy to be in a relationship where you've both had the conversation where you know you're both not in love right now, but want to give it another go to see if you can fall in love? Well, the first, qu- oh, I've got to jump in. Before Please. You. The first question, like, why do you want to force it? Like, if you know you're not in love with somebody, mm-hmm. What is it that makes you want to be in love with them? 
Can I give you an answer? Yeah. Like I would never. Th this is going to confuse wow, this, people this because this will seem like I'm going back on what I was saying before, but this answers the question of why I think you actually can fall in love with somebody if there was something real there in the beginning and what you're dealing with is what I call dust settling. If you had real, equal, balanced, reciprocated love in the beginning and then little annoyances and things have stacked right. up and the dust oh, is settling. Now, one, one of the, yes, then the first question, which I think is fundamentally different, which is just one person doesn't quite feel the way the other person feels. I think you're great, all that, but like, we're just not there. Okay. So this is like, we were there and we let life mess us up. So, okay. so I call it dust settling in a relationship. So um, little annoyances, things you don't think are a big deal, like in any one thing, like you couldn't point to it and say that mm -hmm. was the problem. It's just like it builds up over time and they never really forgive and get past things. So in the movie Unbreakable, which you and I have talked a lot about, which is an okay movie, yeah. but there's Same. such an amazing moment between the husband and wife where they're now They've totally estranged even though they're living together, but they decide to start dating again and to really connect. And I love that part of the movie and I think it's really beautiful because it's, it's the dust that is settled. And once they're able to wipe that away and get back to that thing that connected them in the beginning and let go of all the little hurts and What's confess. What's that one line though that he says? Well, I think you're thinking about the part where he says, when did you think that this might not work? Yeah. And she said, the first time I had a nightmare and I didn't turn to you to comfort me. I didn't wake you up to comfort mm. me. Oh. And, but that points at what I'm talking like that, that was a choice, right? Mm. And it seems like this moment of weakness to turn to somebody and say, I want you to comfort me. But in that act, it's an act of giving yourself to somebody, of being vulnerable, of welcoming. Like, I'll say this, I don't need that, but it's beautiful. And to ask for that from you and to let you give that to me and to accept that, that is how you bond. So when you were saying, but how do you make yourself fall in love? It's things like that. So maybe Make yourself fall in love is very misleading and, and I will say that phrase, if somebody took that out of context, like that isn't quite what I mean. Mm. But what I'm saying is like building a passion in your life, you build love, especially in the, the post-drug addiction mm. transition. And that's where I think we really did something right was when we were in the drug-like phase, we actually had conversations where we're like, hey, this is not going to last. I know enough about the brain to know that the neurochemistry is going to change. And so we've really got to look at what does that deep pair bonding look like? And it looks like moments like where you wake up in the middle of the night and you realize, ah, I could just go back to sleep, but you don't. You take the time to allow yourself to, to be needy, to want somebody, to allow yourself to need that, the comfort of another person. And then, I mean, just to get neurochemical for a second, it's the oxytocin, it's the vasopressin releases, it's the bonding, it's the um, sense of trust, which is oxytocin. The vasopressin, they've actually found that like prairie voles, just to get really weird on you for a second, prairie voles, which unlike most voles, they um, mate for life. And so other ones are like super promiscuous. And so they're like, what the fuck? So looking at why some, like why that one species of vole is so um, monogamous, and they found that their receptors for vasopressin are like off the charts. And so you can look for it in humans and humans that, that um, have a, I forget what gene it is, but it means that they're able to process a lot more vasopressin and thusly really feel that sense of bonding. Mm -hmm. They're more likely to stay in long-term monogamous relationships. And I don't remember who it was, but I was reading somebody's book and they're like, I literally test 
my um, fiance's part or my uh, daughter's partners to see if like they have that high level because otherwise it's not going to work. Wow. So, but you think so? You think if if it exists, you can bring it back. But I actually was coming from the point of like, what if you just realize, wow, shit, we are actually not really in love anymore, and we never really have been. Break up. But look, I think if it's, you know, not to keep going on, but it says, is it unhealthy? I think if you both want it and you both want to try it, you should give it a shot. No one's going to tell you what's right for you guys. Um, so if you both believe that you can do it, I think you should definitely go for it. Um, all right, so we've got some fan shout outs from Australia, Germany, Malaysia, Canada, and all over the US. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, and if this video is bringing you value, please do press that little share button somewhere down there. We'd really, really appreciate it. That's our one ask. Um, that would be great. All right, so next question. This comes from Chelsea Sullivan Rose. Long-term relationships always come with days that you're just not in sync. One person is feeling love and the other is isolating themselves. It's temporary and you know that, but how do you push through in the moment? Um, so I guess for me and you, it's usually me that feels like I'm not feeling the love in our relationship because um, for you, I don't know, you don't get as my microscopic as I do on like, hey, I'm feeling like this and I need a cuddle. You kind of go in the momentum of like work and would you say that's the reason? I would say that I derive a lot more of my fulfillment from work than you do. So I am much more likely to get excited, swept up in what we're building and um, yeah, go down that path. And I just have a higher threshold for um, being disconnected but not feeling like that sort of burning sensation. Right. Um, that you feel. So if I'm gone for like three days, you're really starting to feel it, whereas I have you a don't. higher threshold. Yeah. And so actually I wanted to give like, so this um, these last few weeks, in fact, you've been so busy and you've been traveling and your family was here. And so we haven't spent, we haven't had date night in this it'll be three weeks which is very very rare we try to get date night in at least once a week um and i've been feeling the burn guys and i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna bullshit like definitely yesterday and today i started like i was like okay what's today it's monday shit okay our date night we've got saturday together and today I was like oh my god it's only tuesday i was like this is not good when i'm starting to like count down the days to like when I get to spend time with you, I, I taught myself that, okay, this is a problem in our marriage, this is a problem in our relationship, and I don't mean extreme, but like I need to identify it and I need to understand why it's happening, what I'm feeling, and then I need to talk to you about it. Because holding off to Saturday, I know me so well, by Thursday, I'm going to break. That's just, and you know that as well, right? I mean, you even smile. So by th I'm counting on the days. I'm like, oh my God, there's only a couple of days left. And Thursday, I know I'm going to be in a bad mood. I'm going to feel super disconnected from you. I'm not going to feel, we're going to now be like living friends versus like super connected, in love, husband and wife. Why are you smiling? Just interesting. Because you don't feel like, obviously you wouldn't. Yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't hit me like that. Yeah. Like I still, it all feels normal to me. And it's like, yeah, I'm busy right now, but... I like that you always bring us back and I think that's kept us very emotionally safe because I probably would get too caught up in something and it would be three months and then it's like, oh yeah, Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm actually grateful for that. But from the outside, it's always because I don't feel it the same way that you do. It's... 
but, weird. But what's so we've been together for 17 years, and um, over time, I think I've been I've tried to identify within myself like what is that pattern, how does it always happen, so that it doesn't surprise me, so that it doesn't come to Thursday or Friday and I completely crack and I feel like we're not connected at all. So, identifying those patterns for me is major, um, but also, um, you have really understood taught like learnt who I am and how I work so on Friday when you were out of town and I got some bad news with my health um I spoke to you and immediately you were like okay this is what we're going to do and you weren't in town and you were so you were texting me and you called me immediately and you're like this is what we're going to do we're going to do this we're going to do this we're going to do this babe I'm going to call this person I'm going to email them now because you knew and you even put these specific words which is the words I used to him so you use them on me which really helped you're like baby I want you to know you're not alone and you sent me that text on Friday because you know I start feeling alone mm. when I haven't seen you in weeks and my health isn't great you haven't seen me in a non-work context right but yeah. that's very different like it fit, to you it probably doesn't fit it feels Not like as night much. and day to me I can be there's a whole different part of my personality I think that comes out when it's just me and you. Yes. I go into yes. my soppy you, mode. You actually are night and day different. I don't think I'm as different you know, when not. we're not in work mode as you are. I go into wife soppy mode. <clears throat> I want to be cuddled but when I'm in work mode I need to have my thinking cap on. Um, but anyway, so back to what I was saying is you have recognized the pattern in me. I've been very vocal about my process and my pattern so that we can fix it together because the one thing I know is that I'm never gonna, I never wanna have a problem and then keep repeating it for like the next 10 years. Like, I'm, it's predictable. Like, if I've done it four times and I can't see a pattern, then that's, you know, shame on me. Mm. So I've noticed the pattern. I talk about the pattern. I talk with you about the pattern. Now you've recognized the pattern. You recognize the signals. You recognize the way that I text sometimes with certain things. So you, I felt so heard on Friday when you said to me, baby, you're not alone. And sorry, my poor dog has a coughing issue. So he's coughing, bless him. Um, so the fact that you remembered that, you used that word with me, you, it, it was so perfect. Um, so yeah, my suge- I can't remember what the question was. I was like, so I went on such a tangent. Ta- tangent. Um, but anyway, I think it's really important to know each other, to be connected. Um, when you're not in sync, that's actually the question. So when you're not in sync, I just think it's important to get back in sync. Don't beat yourself up for not being actually, in sync. Actually, I don't think we've read that question yet, have we? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Long-term relations always come with days that you're Got not it. in yeah, sync. Yeah, One yeah, person's sorry. feeling love and the other is isolating themselves. Yeah. It's temporary. Um, how do you push through it? So, back to, I guess, my no, just, I'll give you... Result. Sorry, go ahead. Go no, please. I didn't realize you weren't done. No, I was just waffling. Go on. I was just going to give it in one word. Communicate. <laughs> there it is. Perfect example, guys, of how men in general... Isn't there like a whole stat about the certain amount of words that men use with the women? Yeah, but people... No one would believe that I don't talk off camera like I do on camera. That's, that's his responses to me off camera. No one would believe. But yeah. Literally. So get back in sync. I think talk about it. Talk about the patterns that you've noticed. Repeat the patterns that you've noticed. Tell each other what you want them to do yes. in response. So if, for instance, you hadn't responded with that lovely response. Oh, poor dog's got a heart condition. I feel so bad. He keeps coughing. Bless him. Um... So I just think it's important. Anyway, give the keys to the kingdom. So the fact that you would recognize what I needed was like amazing. We got back in sync. I was like, I noticed that. Mm. So don't be afraid to own it.
All right, so would you rather segment? Let's do this, guys. Live, drop in the comments below um, or feedback as well as we answer. Would you rather you read in the comments? Yeah. Um, would you rather stay with someone you don't love or stay with someone who doesn't love you? Oh. oh stay with someone I don't love. Yeah, of course. Oh, that's horrible. Like, don't feel bad. I would much rather be in the power position on that one. Yeah. Oh. They both suck. Keep in mind that yeah. this is my nightmare. Yeah. But, yeah, no question. All right, next one. Would you ha rather have high expectations in your relationship that are never met or low expe expectations <laughs> always? Oh, so with my ex-boyfriend, when mm -hmm. I was in my teenage years, I sadly just lowered my expectations. And I was like, oh, all right, he turned up. That's, that's a win. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Like I think it would my... be less nightmarish to have, like, if you're somehow stuck in that relationship, which I'll assume in this you are, I would rather have low expectations that are met than high. Like, one is deeply frustrating mm -hmm. and one is infinitely less so. So yeah. I think it's bad life advice to have low <laughs> yeah. uh, expectations. But that should almost but. be like a, a little um, flag. Like I look for like things that flag something like, oh shit, this mm. is dangerous. The second you start lowering your expectations with your partner, like I would actually say use that as an identification. Um, 
says the woman who like slowly whittled down how much quality time yeah. we spent until we were setting date yeah, nights. Yeah, you're right. In fact, I do lower my expectations after six for and a half things. years of not. But I put them in perspective. Like I have high expectations of you doing this, and then I started to put them in perspective about okay, well, hang on, I want him to be this successful man. Like I find that super attractive. I love that ambition in him. Yet I expect him to always do X, Y, and Z. Like okay, those don't. You're align. really good at that, by the way. You are really good at that. And in this relationship, you need to get you need to be awash in credit wow. for that. Although God, can I just derail us for a second? This was they're terrible. so unused to that. This was this is terrible from either of us, by the way. That was not me just pointing a finger at you. Okay, this was terrible, and I actually am very proud that I called it in real time and that you called me on that shit. So the other day, I think you guys have heard us talk very a lot about my language of appreciation is action. Mm. Um, and so I love it when you put the kettle on for me. Love it, love it, love it. So he's been gone four days over the weekend. Like that was our, you know, our daytime. And I felt very like disconnected from you. But again, I understand yep, yep. you're on your, you're doing your job, like get it. Um, but then you come back and you came back late on Sunday night. And so Monday morning I woke up and because you've been really sick, I've been getting up before you, which mm. never happened. So I've been getting up for like the last two weeks before you. I haven't seen you. I get up on Monday morning. You're up before me. I go down to the kitchen and with a smile, I grab the kettle handle and the water's empty. And he hadn't filled it up or put it on. Uh, and I was literally bad. was heartbroken. And so I text you saying, what was it? What? what did I say like something something and PS you forgot to oh, do yeah. the kettle and for PS you forgot yeah I told you something else that's right and I just said hey PS you forgot the kettle and you put oh my god I can't believe it I'm so sorry um, but just so you to remember this is a meant to be a bonus and not an expectation yeah and you were so right I actually was heartbroken because I had become I had accept, um, I have now it's become you've an come to I've expect come it, to yeah. expect it and the joy it gives me, especially because I, and I recognize this, because I was feeling disconnected from you, because I didn't feel like we were completely one, I was so looking forward to feeling that emotion of you thought of me, and when you didn't, I really was heartbroken. No, I know. But you calling me on that was very important, because I think it's so dangerous that you can slip into a pattern. I think you can slip into the fact that at one point, something started off being nice for somebody. I'm doing the dishes for you, or you're taking care of me, you're mm -hmm. making my dinner, like whichever way it is, um, this it becomes like, oh my God, this is so nice. But then the second it becomes an expectation, I think you've removed everything that had initially started doing right you were doing it because i felt special when you would do it now you i become i expect it from it like takes away that so anyway the fact that you called me on it and i was very aware like i actually am holding on to that moment now like really because it was such a good lesson that i don't want to take the the joy away from how i felt and i think turning it into an expectation does take that away all right now advanced class time if you can understand how powerful it was that she recognized that and instead of getting pissed at me for saying hey this should be a bonus and not an expectation she thought you know what you're absolutely right she said that to me that day right there in the moment that is so powerful and all of us have that opportunity to really look at something and go you know what i'm gonna like i had an emotional experience i don't necessarily have to trust it and i certainly don't have to act on it i can really think through this and 
see an opportunity to improve and get better rather than have another emotional reaction. And I think that's where people fall apart. It's like they really are upset. And in many ways, you have reason to be upset. I've been so busy and I've been traveling so much and I've been sick and it's just like all stacking up. And then I'm awake, but I don't do the kettle, which is like this really sweet thing. And you've told me like a thousand times how much it means to you. And I still forgot, right? So you have a reason to be upset. Like if we were on national TV and took a poll, it's like 13% would be okay with what I did. And then (laughs) like everybody else would be like, that that was lame, right? So, but even though you could have doubled down and been like, look, that really upset me. You've been gone, you've this, you've that, you didn't. And in that moment, you were like, you know what? Actually, I fully respect that. And you're right. And I think that that's dangerous in a relationship. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to get to the point where I have these expectations and I can't see the joy and the beauty in it. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. Like, I want just everybody to understand me calling you on it was like, eh, whatever. You going 100%, I see how that becomes dangerous over time. That's so powerful. Bless you. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think we really think as people or at least I didn't of like one moment right like I could have yes got upset and be like I can't believe like you're saying that right because even you saying it to me was a little risky on your part like because I could have got upset over it and once upon a time I would have got upset and once upon a time I would have like I can't believe it like you're ignored I don't feel loved and blah 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 um but so even if I could have done it in this time and gotten away with it quote unquote I know that that's dangerous a year down the line. And then I think two years down the line and three years down the line. And I think that's how people end up in situations, in marriages, in relationships where they're no longer seeing the beauty in a relationship because all these expectations and shoulds become a part of like their vocabulary and you've lost touch of the sweet, small, meaningful things. Mm. And so, and look, I totally get like sidelined that there are things in a relationship that are important that you have to hold each other accountable for. And there should be some expectations in a relationship. If a burglar came in right now, I would expect you to beat the crap out of them and not let them attack me. Just saying. But yeah, you get the point. Small expectations. At a minimum, I'll let them shoot me. I'll say that. Right. I will try to beat them up. Jumping in the line of fire. Yeah. Um, all right. So that kind of derailed us a bit, but... Next, um, Welcome next to you... Relationship Theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's the punchline <laughs> there. Is. And if you love this, guys, press that share button. Yes, do share. Um, okay, would you rather feel disappointed by your partner or bored with your partner? I think disappointed. That's way less terrifying. Yeah, right? <coughs> who, who was it I just heard? If you're bored, it means you're boring. It's nice linguistically, and I get what they're saying. Oh, but it was a guest on like, if, if somebody truly is like, there's just no fun to be had around them. That's a real thing. Yeah. Like you just have nothing in common and they're like, the stuff they want to do is truly boring to you. Mm. That, that's a nightmare. I think, I think that's a real thing. Yeah. That is not just indicative. Like, let me tell you right now, there's so many things that I'm interested in, but I could be around somebody that just, we just not share. Mm. But the word disappointed is hard. Didn't your parents always say that? Like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. It's like, Ooh, yeah, but that feels temporary. No, Boring I, I, feels like forever. I'm totally with you there. But just the word disappointed. Um, and I know that that word actually um, will sting you if I said that to you. Yeah, of course. Baby, you've disappointed me. Yes, I don't even like you saying it as a mock <laughs> sentence. So. All right. 
Back to the next question. This is from Brian Rot. So we're going to say more. I just no. Said. Okay. And um, this is from Brian Rotkamp. Hey Tom and Lisa, any suggestions for rebuilding our emotional connection after twenty-seven years of marriage? We've drifting. Um, we've drifting. We're drifting a little. Sorry, thank you. We're drifting a little due to the busyness of life and raising a family. God, I think the first step is to, I would sit down and start making a list. I know I'm a list person. You're hilarious. Give them, here's what she actually did. So this, this while on a grander scale, this is what happened to us in the first six and a half years of our marriage. I was so busy and that was like my, it's weird because I actually work more now in some ways. I was probably more hardcore on the weekends then. Less hardcore on the week, but more hardcore on the weekends back then. Um, Can I tell you the difference? Yeah. Massive difference. You were completely closed off when you would do the other thing. That's super insightful. So, I don't want to derail them here because okay, I want yep. them to hear what you actually did. Okay. It's very powerful for you and I as a couple. Um, she said, we have to have date night. We need to carve out time. We absolutely must. Like... Back then it wasn't smartphones, but like that version of like you set everything aside, the kids go to bed, there's no TV, like you guys are going to connect. You're going to each like say what your selfish desire is, figure out what you both really want to do as a couple. What's your selfish desire for the couple? So if you're like, I just want to go to bed, like that doesn't count. So you're going to take the time, you're going to put in the hours, like anything else that takes work and you made that really clear to me and that was one of those moments where I was like, you know what, she's right. Like if you want to have a relationship, you, I've always said there's no substitute for proximity, meaning you need to be together, but you made it clear there's also no substitute for like real intimate interaction. Like you need to talk and connect and you know, just have those like moments where it is just you and I having like an amazing time together where there are no distractions whatsoever. So I'd start there <coughs> and after 27 years of marriage, like they're ahead of us, so you know, hey, but we find now if you're really thoughtful about like writing out questions beforehand and things like would you rather, which is something that was born of what we do in our relationship where we ask, we especially when we go on vacation beforehand, I'll prepare like a hundred questions that I want to ask you, like on all manner of topic. And I'm always trying to find something that I don't know about you, something that either has changed or something that maybe we've never talked about. And that is endlessly fascinating yeah and when i said list i mean like a list of the types of things you want to do together like what are the things that we're missing like if you can look back and um you know hold on to something like oh we used to love doing this okay do we still love doing it you know what let's try it like having a list of things but i don't want to hop on the list but talking about what are the things you want to do together one thing that we do on every anniversary on every anniversary of our first date is we redo our first date so we go to the um the restaurant that you first took me to then we then go to the movie theater that we watch the first movie then we go to your outside your apartment because obviously other people live there now but your apartment and we take photos like think about how you guys can reconnect about um what why you got together in the first place i think making sure that you have a babysitter carving that time out is very important i'm gonna guess they've um, been married 27 years the kids are teenagers or older well, but you don't know 
Sure. Anyway, either way, make sure the kids are away. Make sure the kids aren't around you. Make sure that you have alone time. And then, what are you doing in that alone time? Like getting a little more, like deeper onto it. Like, what is your selfish desire? Um, is it just staring into each other's eyes? Now, as the woman, the first thing that I would do—maybe not the first thing—but I would for sure go out, get sexy lingerie. I would try to blow your socks off. Like remind. I want to remind you why you're with me. Right, like I want to knock your socks off, like our first date. Like go out of your comfort zone. Even if you guys have been together for 27 years, do something that you know is going to blow each the other person away. Um, yeah, like get silly, um, play games. Don't get silly. I fucking hate no, silly. I mean, what do you mean? When I said I was going to say silly, I mean like we'll have like a cocktail. You know, we'll that's a trigger silly. word for me. I'm triggered right now. <laughs> I hate silly in a way well, that I can't convey. We have a cocktail. We get giggly. Yes. I get giggly. So one thing I will say, and I think this is important, read the book, The Female Brain, which talks about the way that um, mm. having kids change, like literally changes the, certainly the neurochemistry and certainly while pregnant, the actual physical structures of the woman's brain, her priorities are going to change. Um, and then through the years of just rearing children, things are going to change. And so really understanding how that happens, I think that people can combat it and begin to reconnect but understanding that it isn't about becoming you know teenagers or 20 somethings again it's about understanding how do you reconnect at the stage that you're actually mm -hmm. at depending on like how old your kids are full disclosure we do not have kids so this is all stuff that i've read but if you follow my logic hopefully it makes sense so um really just understanding the the neurochemical changes the hormonal changes that we all go through men's testosterone levels are lowering so um that is gonna impact them and then women the depending on whether or not they have kids is like a whole hormonal uh change of priorities and everything else and so really telling the other person what you really want is a big deal and so um there's a great shorthand quote that i think couples would do well to remember which is women need to feel loved to have sex and men need to have sex to feel loved and so a lot of the disconnect and i get that's a gross generalization but a lot of the disconnect comes from differences in sexual appetite mm -hmm. differences in sexual preferences getting lazy um and i remember um i met this i worked for this guy a very long time ago and he was talking about how like they would they had sex the same way like every time because they were married and they had kids and it was just like it had become a routine and he was saying like he kind of missed like the not knowing and like having to explore and so getting back into that level where you're discussing and exploring you're being attacked by a bug my wife loves bugs by the way um so that all of that uh communication is important yeah and that's it God, I'm going to keep harping on this, but like finding out what each other want to do <coughs> um, and then like engaging and really being all in. Like, you know, if let's say our sex life wasn't great at the time and I was like, I may even suggest, or if, I don't know if you would suggest, but like, why don't we go to a sex shop? Let's have some fun. Let's pick, why don't we go to a lingerie shop? Why don't you choose some lingerie for me, baby? Like really reconnecting for whatever like that is for each other. Like go all in, no judgment. That's another thing because like if you guys have a really kind of over time just been disconnected, um, it's very easy to say, oh, you never used to be like that. You never liked that before. And there's almost like some judgment to it. So I think with the attitude of going into that, like really it should be like, this is can be so exciting. We're going to discover new things about each other. Like I know it's been a while, like go in with that, like excitement and enthusiasm. 
Um, versus like, shit, it's been a long time. Yeah, we haven't done this in a while. Like that just creates a different vibe from the get-go. Word. So. Um, all right, next question. This is from Nathan Schiffman. Were you, uh, were you all this self-aware with communication and setting expectations from day one or was this something cultivated over time? Cultivated over time. Yeah, I, we were moronic when we first got together. We'll start with that. But I will say, I, I because I had no game as a kid, I tried to read Cosmopolitan magazine and like anything I could get my hands on about women, hundred percent. At the time, perfect show to anything to help me understand women. And so I was obsessed with communication even when we got together. And I'd already started researching the Mm. brain. So it was like that stuff I think helped Mm -hmm. immeasurably. Yeah. So just really thinking, understanding that we would transition and that even though I'd never been in love before, that like the the neurochemical state was not going to last. And so none of that caught us off guard. And so we did talk very openly from literally the jump. Mm. And that has served us well. And I also took seriously, like every time, you guys know there's only one answer that people give that have been together for a very long time if you ask what's the secret. And the answer is? Communication. Yes, every time. So I would see that in movies, I'd read it in articles, and I'd be like, I'm gonna take that seriously. I'm not gonna be what, you know, they say a fool never learns, a smart man learns from his mistakes, and a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. I'm gonna be wise on this one, and just Mm -hmm. trust that talking, being open, being honest, communicating, being raw, being vulnerable, saying the hard things, being honest about what you want, even when it's like, oh God, this might like be risky, I might upset them, or they might judge me or whatever, but just like putting it out there so that you can actually get it. And this harkens back to my that first question of why I'm really fucking freaked out because I about being with somebody who doesn't love you like you love them. It's like, People just lie just a little. They take the edge off their personality, off the, who they really are. And over a long period of time, that becomes you becoming someone you don't even recognize because you've not been honest. No, thanks. Yeah. We've overcome a lot. I think um, communicating for us was, we always had the communication, but I don't think I <coughs> personally really had much clarity or understanding of who I was, how I act, what I need. Um and once you start understanding that about yourself, you can then communicate that to your partner. But if you don't quite understand why you're doing things, how to handle yourself, then I think that that's where two people can really kind of butt heads. Like, whereas now I can say to you, babe, I need this from you. This is how, like, I can feel myself getting anxious. I can feel myself feeling a little alone. Um, and being able to communicate that then allows us to m- make the change before we get to the, the car crash, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I didn't necessarily understand that about myself. So then we'll get to the point where we would really clash. And that's when we would start communicating. But I think over time, we definitely learned to understand ourselves and then be honest with each other. And the one time that I found like we were at our worst in our relationship was because you were completely shut down on communicating because you were so busy at work. This is actually before we started Quest. You were miserable at the tech company. You were working so many hours. You had a vision. You're like, I'm gonna be in charge of my life. I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. I'm gonna make partner in this company, whether it kills me, but you weren't enjoying it. So you would come home and you would be like, how was work? Fine. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Didn't want to talk about it. That shutdown of the communication after a couple of years, I remember pulling, like we had that big discussion. I was like, 
we are not husband and wife. Like we can, we're not communicating. We're, I don't know anything about you. I know you're not happy, but I don't know what is making you happy. I don't know what drives you. And that's when I think you really realize like, wow, shit, yeah, this is not good for our relationship as well as for, um, I was gonna say for yourself, but really for our relationship. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> okay, one more question. This is from Celeste Bat Batistoni. Does having a business help develop both of your emotional maturity? Ooh, does having a business help? Yes, and the reason it helps with your emotional mm. maturity is one, you're having to deal with a lot of people, and two, it is inevitable that you're gonna fail a lot. And failing a lot is a thing that develops your resiliency, it will force you to turn inside, to look at yourself, to confront weaknesses and adequacies, and to really develop what is the single most important thing that anyone can develop, which is the ability to stare nakedly at your inadequacies without being emotionally destroyed by it so that you can actually improve and get better. And that will serve you in business, that will serve you in your relationship. All of that, I think, is critically important. Now, also, working together, man, you gotta get your shit together to be able to work like we do, and so, that like it's it's like ipecac. It's actually like soda water. I always you say, say ipecac. ipecac quite a lot these and days. and what I actually mean is soda water. Soda water will either settle your stomach or make you vomit. Mm. One of the two. And that like working together, it's either gonna tear you apart or it's gonna make you rock solid. Mm. Yeah. And it's a real test on days where your personal relationship, let's say there's a little disconnect and then you're working together. Like, do you, how do you separate the two? And we've worked really hard at that. Mm. You get all the credit there because I find that very easy. And so for me, it borders on effortless. Like once I get into work mode, I'm just in work mode. Mm. Um, for you though, you've really handled that extraordinarily well. Um, all right, so um, guys, if this is or has been bringing you value, please click that share button. Again, we like to get the video out to the world, so if you can share, that would be amazing. And tell your friends to watch live. Um, all right, next question. This I is actually, a final quick I know question. I lied, sorry guys. Yeah. Um, all right, this, this is from Daniel in. Breeze, our boy Daniel. He's such a big like Word. part of the company that we can't not answer this. When you guys started Impact Theory, did you already have relationship theory in mind? Did you imagine that relationship theory would be this awesome? Aww. It's very sweet. And? Um, so no, not at all. I never want to be in front of the camera. I all but gave her a panic attack when I said, hey, we should do a relationship like special Valentine's, Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sure that I came up with that. Somebody suggested it, but I loved it. Um, the fans kept saying, why don't you interview Lisa? And I think that's mm. how it started. And so I was like, well, God, all right, if you want to interview me, I'll do it like around Valentine's Day so it feels right. But I didn't want any crew. I didn't want any teammates. That's right. You were so weird about we that. Did it before the team arrived. Um, because here's the thing, like, <coughs> God, look, I forgot like, about all that. My personality is like, if you meet me in real life, like I'm very just me. And I was like, I, I don't want to pretend in front of the camera. I'm not going to put on airs and graces. Airs and graces, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to put on airs phrase. and graces. I don't want to pretend. Like, obviously, like, yes, I'm your wife. People know you. I want to represent you and the Billu family well. But I'm not going to fake it. Like, I, I just, 
that's not what I'm interested in. And so you're like, cool, why don't we record it? We won't do it live. We'll just film it on the cameras. And then if you don't like it, we never have to release it. So we set up the camera, we did the recording, the camera had stopped, and so half the episode was missing. But I was like, it's kind of fun. And I was like, well, Lisa, well, maybe we'll just do another video. Maybe we'll just do it as a Facebook line. I was like, oh. And I remember, God, this is, oh, I love you so much, baby. You had turned around to me and you said, look, um, oh God, I'm trying to find the right phrase. You said something like, if, um, if you mess up or if you stumble or if you forget something, don't ever worry. I'm going to be your safety net. And you're like, no, like what can go wrong? You're like, if you start getting yourself into danger, if you start, <laughs> you know, like verbal diarrhea, you're like, I'll be your safety net. I'll be there for you. And then over time, basically, that's how relationship theory developed. And then you guys, I mean, I, I honestly cannot be like more transparent. You, the response you guys give us on um obviously how much we're helping you guys like that makes so much of a difference because everything that we talk about we've struggled through and we've had to try and figure it out as we've gone along and the amount of i don't want to say hate but in the past from family and friends when we spoke like people were just like oh yeah but that's you and tom like it's always been like oh but you guys are lucky oh you found a good man you know it was always like yeah whatever and I think that the fan base that we have in the community that we've built of relationship theory, like everyone seems to be in that same place where like they genuinely want to improve and they're genuinely looking to look at themselves nakedly and say, how am, am I a problem in the relationship? How can I better my relationship? And so it's given me so much drive and so much passion. Um, and it really has been because of the fans and how much we've obviously made a difference to them. And then not to be... Um, not to lie, it. I love spending the hour with you. Is the truth? Yeah. So. Awesome, guys! Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing it. It's been amazing. We really appreciate all the questions, the vulnerability, the rawness. Like I'm eternally grateful for that. So, oh, and one thing I'll add: if you guys do want to submit questions, but some people don't want to say their name. Um, we totally respect that, guys. So please, you can email connect at impacttheory.com. And um, if you just let us know you want to be kept anonymous, we absolutely respect that. But then we can answer the questions live the following week. Word. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Much love. Go have wonderful relationships, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.